When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds in lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It is Tuesday, so actually right now it's bonus scoop time. That's right. Darren Doogie Wolfson, our good friend and scoop master from uh, Channel 5 Eyewitness News fame. And, of course, the Scoop podcast on Score North and the Scoop show with Mackie and Judd on Thursday. Declan Goff, executive producing. I'm Judd Zolgad. And, De- Dukes, let's start with this one, okay? I find it remarkable, and it's been fun, and it's fun to talk about. For a team that really has done very little through the course of the last few months in the Wolves as far as moves and transactions go, it seems like there's no lack of things to talk about with this team, including the continuing saga, which, by the way, is real, of will or won't he Ben Simmons to the Wolves. 100% Judd in fact I'm actually connecting with head coach Chris Finch tomorrow at the state fair I don't know how much he'll offer on camera the better conversation might be off camera but I'm very much looking forward to that he's close to announcing his third assistant coach they are close to announcing an Iowa Wolves coach I would not be shocked how about this we'll get to Ben Simmons in a second but I would not be shocked if we have some news here in September of the Wolves losing a front office member to a fellow Western Conference team. This circles back to months ago when I said this individual has one more year on his contract. It was not a good time, so the Wolves said, no, you can't go. Well, that dialogue is picked back up again, so I'm just saying there is a chance that the Wolves do lose a member of their front office. The Wolves are looking to hire a new medical director. Judd, the healthiest team in the NBA last year was the Phoenix Suns. Now, I get it. Phoenix has lots and lots of talent. But one reason why Phoenix made the run it did was durability. The Wolves have a chance, certainly, to crack the top 10, maybe not the top eight, but get into that play-in tournament merely by just keeping these guys on the court. Can Cat, can D'Angelo, can Anthony Edwards, can Jaden McDaniels, can Malik Beasley, can all those guys play north of 72, 73 games this upcoming year. In an ideal world, 
They play all 82 regular season games on Ben Simmons. So we brought this up last Thursday. I saw that the athletic shams, some other national media pundits picked up on what we talked about late in the week. It was over the weekend even, or maybe it was even earlier this week. It might have been on Monday. The day doesn't matter. But it was after what we talked about on Thursday that the Wolves are willing to wait out the situation, that there is an internal belief, also a belief from some other teams that have engaged Philadelphia in dialogue, that Daryl Morey has to eventually move Ben Simmons, that Ben can't start the season in that marketplace, that the Sixers fan base will eat him alive. The reports of Ben and the Sixers front office having minimal dialogue or, heck, zero dialogue this summer, there is accuracy to that. My sense is Ben would welcome a change of scenery. So the Wolves are going to wait this thing out. Toronto does have legit interest. But if you're Daryl Morey, are you tempted? If the packages are relatively clo- close, maybe Toronto can offer a slightly better package. But would you prefer to trade Ben Simmons to the Western Conference, not keep him in the Eastern Conference? The Wolves continue to engage other teams in three-team trade scenarios. I continue to hear it's not like Philadelphia is tempted by Malik Beasley, by others. Now, never say never. Maybe in the end, you know, depending on the other sweeteners attached, yeah, maybe Philadelphia says, okay, it's not like Malik Beasley is untradeable, even with the -the off-the-court red flags. It's a very legit contract. Like him making that money. Look at Doug McDermott's contract, some other guys. Like that Malik Beasley contract is not a bad contract at all. So, like, could I see a scenario eventually where Maury says, yeah, okay, we can use Malik Beasley. Sure, we have Seth Curry, but sure, we'll take Malik. Maybe we peddle him elsewhere eventually, yes. But I'm just – I'm led to believe right now, Judd, Philadelphia isn't, like, yearning for, for Malik Beasley, some of the other assets that the Wolves are willing to move. Can I draw a direct line in some ways between what um, what the Sixers are going through and and trying to get a huge package for a guy that's a really good player, but there's definitely issues. Can I draw a direct line to to what is going on in Buffalo with with uh, Jack Eichel and the Sabers? In the fact that like both the Sixers and Sabers put a premium on this player, and they're right to do so from a standpoint of he's really damn good. But both of them have circumstances surrounding them that I think smart teams are like, I'm not going to I'm not going to make a trade like he's Gretzky or LeBron. And it feels like both of those stalemates are very similar in that the thought of the player going back to their previous team doesn't seem plausible, but the previous team is like, well, then we have to break the bank to get said to trade said player. And at some point in time, I think the GMs have to be like, okay, we're just going to have to make a move of some sort, not get robbed, but we're probably not going to get the return that we expected to get. It's an interesting parallel because until I hear otherwise, Now, the Wild are not willing to give up a ton for Eichel, but I've not heard that the Wild are completely out on Eichel, that there's a 0% chance. So his name still comes up over in St. Paul. I suppose the difference is that we know that Ben Simmons is healthy, that he doesn't need to undergo a pretty serious medical procedure, right, with, with Eichel. But, yeah, I mean, one guy, a number two overall pick, the other guy, the first overall pick, both guys with a lot of term left. So Philadelphia Buffalo might say, hey, we're giving up a pretty good player who is signed for multiple more years. In the case of Ben Simmons, 
four more years. But I like that. That's a very, very interesting parallel you make. Go for football, sir. Um, I feel like there is is some ray of hope here, some thought that the Gophers could be competitive Thursday night opening against the, the Ohio State Buckeyes on Fox at home. I believe they are 13-and-a-half-point dogs, which is a lot at home. Uh, but for the Gophers against the Buckeyes is not actually terrible. What's your feeling about where this team is going to pick up with? And do you think, because I will contend this, I think over football, you got to cut them some slack for 2020 because the pandemic, like it was just so much and they had games they didn't play and they had players that opted out. And a lot of them, I feel like what we're doing for PJ Fleck is probably picking up far more with 2019 to 21 and 20 is a blip. But, but what's the expectation that you picked up on from the Gophers as far as what they think they can do this season? Well, and you think about like two of their best players didn't play last year, Daniel Falele. Curtis Dunlap Jr., those two guys are back on the offensive line. Heck, a lot of NFL personnel will be at Huntington Bank Stadium on Thursday night to watch Falele. Now, don't get me wrong, Ohio State's got a number of high-level NFL prospects, but Daniel Falele, the Gophers' right tackle, has a chance to be a pretty darn high draft pick. Now, I will say this much about 2020. So P.J. Fleck spoke to Dunkers, I don't know, going back maybe a month or two ago. Not the Penn State win, not the Auburn win. P.J. Flex said his most impressive win through four years as Gophers head coach was the win against Nebraska last year when they were down. Maybe Declan can look this up. Because of COVID, they were down a ton of guys. I don't remember if it was 30 guys, 34 guys, whatever it was. They were down so many guys, yet found a way to win. So we can't completely dismiss last year when P.J. Flex says his most significant win through four years happened last year. But, yeah, I mean, I fully expect them to be competitive on Thursday. I would take the 13-and-a-half. I would have jumped in when the spread was at 14. Some money has come in on the University of Minnesota just to get that line down ever so slightly Mm -hmm. to 13-and-a-half. But I would have jumped in two, three weeks ago at 14. C.J. Stroud is a five-star recruit. Ohio State reloads, right? They don't rebuild. but He's literally never thrown a collegiate pass. So there is some, some mystery there. There's, there's certainly intrigue. I'd rather play Ohio State September 2nd than October 2nd yep. or November 2nd with all that experience the Gophers have. Now, it's unfortunate. I think if Chris Altman Beljud is out there on Thursday night, I think it's more in a decoy-type role. Like, I don't fully expect to see – you know, Chris Altman-Bell that we know, the really, really good Chris Altman-Bell. I don't expect to see that What's wrong? a few more weeks. Ankle? Yeah, it's the ankle. Yeah, it's not the knee. It's, yeah, it's okay. a lower body injury. Yeah, led to believe it's it's the ankle. You know, the Gophers are, are putting out some smoke screens on that front, but I'm just telling you, I just, I don't think if he's out there, and he may be out there. I don't know if he'll be in uniform or not, Judd, but I'm just saying if he is in uniform, I just, me personally, I don't anticipate him being close to the old Chris Ottman Bell. So that will be super unfortunate. I also think another key is with those Buckeyes receivers, they have two guys that are first-round picks. Chris Olave is a top 10-ish pick. You can make a case Chris Olave is, is the best wide receiver in the country. I anticipate Coney Durrow, who's back to like his ninth year as a gopher. Pretty good cornerback. I mean, he could be Patrick like on an NFL age. practice squad 
yeah. right now. I think he's that good that, that he can he can sustain some sort of pro football run, but he is coming back for a sixth year. So Coney Durr is going to be on Olave, I anticipate, a bunch. But then you look at that other matchup. Who is the other Gophers cornerback right now? You trust a couple years ago, tea time, Terrell Smith had some moments. But do you trust him? So, like, that to me is – is certainly one key, but when Stroud has has never thrown a collegiate pass, you just you don't know, right? Like right. national TV, the bright lights, you know, a primetime type game. There's there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty. I'll also say this, Judd: if they lose, and certainly the point spread suggests, you know, maybe they're competitive, and I expect them to be competitive. But you know, if they ultimately lose, this can still be an eight or nine win team. I believe the Vegas over under is seven or seven and a half wins, I can certainly see this team going over the Vegas over-under number. Interesting. So where where do you think that this team uh, positionally is strongest and what would concern you the most? Well, I think they have some strength on the defensive line, bringing in the Clemson transfer, Pinckney, the North Carolina State transfer, Martin Mbue Mafe from Hopkins High School. He has double-digit sack potential. So they have some guys on that defensive line. On the offensive line, so credit to the Gopher Sports Information Department. They put out their game notes on Monday. I saw the note that the Gophers have 10 offensive linemen that have started at least one game. And if you look at their core five, you know, Falele and Dunlap Jr., Blaze Andrews, Sam Schluter, go up and down that list. Like, all those guys have started over 30 games. And, like, Blaze Andrews has started games at guard. And right tackle. So, like, they have offensive linemen with, with position flexibility if one guy goes down. So, clearly, it's, it's the offensive line and the running back spot. When you think about Potts and Wiley, and remember Bryce Williams? Like, those are the number yeah. two, three, and four running backs. Mo Ibrahim is one of the best running backs in the country. So, the Gophers have, no joke, they have four running backs that could play for just about any team in the conference. You could put Bryce Williams in Madison. You could put him in Iowa City. He would earn time for those teams. Interesting. Uh, Twins-wise, I, I saw a tweet from you this morning that uh, Joe Ryan, who they got from Tampa Bay in the Nelson Cruz trade, uh, is being called up and is going to make a start, I believe, on Wednesday. Um, what will be the move there? And, and do you think, because it sounds like this, that the Twins are leaning towards the fact that Joe Ryan almost certainly will be somewhere in the opening day rotation in 2022. Well, right now, Jed, who the heck is in that opening day starting rotation? Bailey Ober. Right here? Bailey we'll find Ober. out on, on Wednesday how long Kenta Maeda is going to be out. But Kenta Maeda is not going to be, because of his injury situation, in the Twins' opening day rotation next year. So Bailey Ober. Correct. Okay, so slots after him. Four slots. Yeah, like Joe Ryan makes sense. Like, are you really going to sign four street free agents? They'll sign somebody or multiple guys. But, yeah, Joe Ryan in the opening day rotation. Now, maybe Randy Dobnak, if he has a strong finish here, you know, maybe we can pencil in Randy. But I don't think we can put Randy in ink right now. So, yeah, Joe Ryan certainly has a chance to impress them over the next few weeks, put himself in a position to be in that opening day rotation Next year, yeah, he's going to be on a flight later today. So the Saints right now are in Columbus. They open up a series against, I believe Columbus is what, the Indians, AAA affiliate. So that series begins tonight. But instead of him being at the ballpark, he'll be at the airport. He lands 
later on tonight. The Twins can expand rosters starting tomorrow. Everybody in baseball can. September call-ups, September roster you know, rules with, with the rosters being able to go from 26 players to 28 players. So the Twins can add Joe Ryan, but they'll also need to make a 40-man move. Okay. Jeff, the logical 40-man move is Kenta Maeda to the 60-day injured list. Okay. So you can free up a 40-man spot that way. But what does Ricey say? Give me a pencil with an eraser. Like, you can go to the Twins 40-man roster right now. You can create space pretty darn easily. Ralph Garza Jr., just go up and down the list. You absolutely can create space. So, yeah, it'll be cool, though. I mean, Declan, you know Joe Ryan, you know, as well as, as either mm-hmm. Judd or I. You were at his his one start in St. Paul. He's made two starts for the Saints, but the second one was on the road. But I, I saw some of that start on on TV, Declan. I mean, he just he's oh, got yeah. some electricity with that fastball. Yeah, I mean, I, he will need secondary pitching to make it as a starter. He will. Uh, you, you can only throw so many heaters as a starting pitcher. Um, I, I think worst case, he does develop like worst case he develops into a very like a super elite reliever or a high leverage reliever I should say but uh that fastball plays and and as I was talking to our buddy Sean Aronson between the starts uh you know he said if he makes another one like that he's going to be up with the twins and good on Sean for that call because literally he nailed it all just two starts in AAA and he'll be making his uh appearance with the twins here shortly I'll add that I texted with Ray's reliever Nick Anderson who I've known for for a few years the former twins minor leaguer he told me, you know, Joe impressed him when they were, you know, at spring training that, that there's some deception with that fastball. I had a lengthy chat last month when, when the trade happened, when Cruz was sent to Tampa. The Twins ended up acquiring Joe Ryan, Drew Strotman. I ended up talking with Rick Knapp, who long ago used to work for the Twins. He's now the Rays AAA pitching coach in Durham, North Carolina. I mean, he spoke glowingly. You know, and he could have been feeding me BS, but I could just I could tell I did a Zoom with him. So he was getting emotional. I can just tell, you know, just reading his body language. I mean, he was he was super disappointed to lose Joe. Like, he really, really likes Joe Ryan. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to have a chance. Like, I was just texting with somebody that knows Joe. You know, this person can't make it for, for personal reasons tomorrow to Minneapolis. But he'll be in Cleveland next week. So, Joe Ryan's going to get a chance here to, to pitch for the Twins, you know, a few times. I know 20 family and friends are scrambling right now to buy airline tickets to get here. For tomorrow night's game, so just yeah, it'll be a cool nice. moment at Target Field tomorrow for Joe Ryan. What was your reaction, Dukes? And I believe Rocco said this on a Zoom on Sunday. What was your reaction to Rocco Baldelli being the first person I think attached to the Twins organization to actually utter the word "rebuild"? I did not hear that, so you are breaking that news to okay. me, Judge. Jim Suhan's column, and yeah. but I think it was on Rocco. Basically, had a, a fairly extended quote about he used the word rebuild and then essentially said we can't do what the Dodgers and Yankees do which is just retool because we're because they're so rich uh but I found it very interesting because I want to say and I was talking to Royce about this on Unchained Monday I want to say about a month ago or so Derek Falvey purposely did not say rebuild and I believe that they used retool yeah so I talked to Derek on a recent scoop podcast for 35 minutes we went down that rabbit hole or I tried to a couple different instances yeah, I mean, he pretty much verbatim said, we're not rebuilding, retooling, reloading, however you want to term it, but don't use the word rebuild. So just go find the Derek Falvey audio. So that tells you there's a little bit of a disconnect, the manager with the front office, if, if you know, Rocco did say that. I did not hear that. So you telling me that 
is is news to me. I'll say this much, like, what's their path to contending next year? Right. And, oh, by the way, the White Sox are not slowing down. So the White Sox are going to be probably even better next year if they can yep. maintain just even a little bit better, you know, health. Uh, Chicago's going to be good. Now, do I think this is like a multi-year rebuild? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Like, why can't the Twins compete in 2023? I don't see why the Twins can't compete in 2023. But the pathway to legitimately competing, contending next year, 2022, Judd, like, I, I don't see it. I really don't. And you know who I've got a sneaky suspicion is is going to be next to start to compete? The Detroit Tigers. Hinch is really good. They've got, and they should have because they've been bad for an extended period of time, some really nice high draft picks coming up. I think the Tigers within the next uh, couple of years are going to be what the White Sox have been, and now obviously they've taken off. But I think well, the division is going to start. Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try uh, with both kids active. It may not be doable. But, like, next week in St. Paul, Omaha will be here. Bobby Witt Jr. is worth the price of admission. Ooh, I might go He is that. now with the Royals AAA team. Nice. Like, I want to go watch Bobby Witt Jr. Remember? I remember the old man. Next week. Yeah, oh, yeah. The old man, in fact, small world. The old man is now an agent. He represents the pitcher that the Twins got in the Hansel Robles trade. Really? kid's name. Look at you. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, he's an agent with with Octagon. So, yeah, I know Bobby Wood Sr., but, yeah, his kid, yeah, like, and not just him. I mean, the Royals had some other guys. But, yeah, I think maybe more so Detroit. I saw E.J. Hinch or somebody in the Tigers front office allude to the idea that they'll have some financial flexibility. This offseason, if there is an offseason, which, as right. we've talked about for months, who the heck knows what happens with the with the collective bargaining agreement negotiations. But if there is the semblance of a free agency this winter, that Detroit could be uber aggressive. But, yeah, you think about Spencer Torkelson, who they took number one overall yes. a couple of years ago. He's one of the five best prospects in baseball. If you go to Baseball America or MLB Pipeline, the Tigers have two or three of the top you know, 20 or 25 prospects in all of the game. All right, let's wrap with uh, Gopher basketball and the fact that, speaking of scoops, the fact that on your station, Channel 5, you actually didn't just get a scoop. You had a kid making a commitment that Ben Johnson is starting to get some players. Well, and how about this? I had to keep that a secret. Like, you know this. I'm not capable of keeping no, secrets. No, you're awful at keeping secrets. I had to keep it a secret for a good 24 hours. So I reached oh out to the gosh. player who's from Brooklyn Park. So he played last year at Osseo High School. Uh, be on the lookout for some news on on where Joshua Ola Joseph is going to play next year. But that's that's a whole other topic. But anyway, I reach out to Josh. He actually prefers Josh, not Joshua. I reached out to him just to say, hey, you know, I know that you recently wrapped up your official visit with Minnesota. Can we just we can we connect on Monday? I just I'd love to just talk to you. You know, something on camera. I can use it on Channel Five. Use it on Channel Forty Five. He says, hey, can I call you? I go, yeah. And so I, I sent him via DM my, my cell phone number, and, and we talked. And Judd, he threw out the idea. He's like, I wouldn't mind committing on TV. Like, that would be cool. I said, I'll make that happen. I'll make that uh, a doable thing. And and so we met him over at Osseo High School on Monday morning at 10 a.m., and he did the unveil, you know, unzipped the jacket, had the Minnesota Gophers shirt. And, like, he had told me the night before because, I'll be frank, if he had announced Loyola of Chicago or Clemson, I don't know that I would have put it on 
I would have done something on Channel 5, but I probably would not have done the actual announcement. But the fact that he's playing for the hometown, home state school added something to it. So I said, yeah, let's make this happen with, with the official unveil on Channel 5. But I'm just telling you, if it was Clemson or Loyola of Chicago, his other finalists, I would have talked to him after he had announced it. Right. I would not have done the unveil right. on TV. But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. He's six foot seven. You know, he feels like he can guard multiple positions. He really blew up this summer. He had a good year last year as a junior at Osseo High School, but he really, really exploded this summer playing for D1 Minnesota. That's the AAU team that, you know, Zeke Naji played for a few years ago, Tyrell Terry, Matthew Hurt. They've produced a lot of high-end talent, and Josh Ola-Joseph is, is the next in line. So Ben Johnson had a very good August. He lands a commitment from Braden Carrington of Park Center High School. He lands a commitment from Pharrell Payne of Park of Cottage Grove High School. Mm-hmm. And he lands a commitment from Josh Ola-Joseph. Plus, Ben will have two more recruits on campus later this week for visits. Both kids are from the East Coast, one from New Jersey, one from New York. I wrote down the names. Both are guards. Jaden Pierre, Ryan Dunn. So those two guards will be on campus later this week. Doesn't mean that that a commitment is is imminent on either front, but but Ben is continuing to work, and not just Ben, his entire staff. So the Gophers have a chance to have a pretty good 2022 recruiting class. Nice. Great stuff, Dukes. Unless you've got final scoops, we will uh, talk to you on Thursday. I was with Chaz Lucius on Friday. Adam Oates was in town, former what, Capitals and Devils head coach, longtime NHL player. RPI, he was putting yeah. some guys, a bunch of guys, through some different workouts out at the Plymouth Ice Arena. So I caught up with Chaz Lucius. He said he was moving in on campus on Monday. So yesterday, his roommate is, is Rhett Pitlick. You know, practice for Gophers hockey ramps up here pretty quick. I think he said, you know, stuff pretty much ramps up next week. So next thing you know, it'll be Division One college hockey season. Heck, NHL training camps are, are right around the corner. NBA training camps are right around the corner. So, yeah, Love it. a lot of stuff going on. We need to really get the air, the Vikings. Baby. As we await moves, like the Vikings have what two, three hours to go. Yes, there'll be there'll be a lot of news here in the next couple hours. But as far as I can tell, not one player has been summoned into Mike Zimmer's office yet to say, "Hey, hand in your playbook, you're out." But but twenty something guys are about to get that news in the next couple hours. All right, man. We will talk to you soon, Doogie. Thank you, and as always, fantastic stuff. Okay, see you, boys. Bye bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.